Almost certainly, you know someone who's on one of the big weight loss drugs, Ozempic, Wagovi, or someone who would like to be. But probably you haven't thought a ton about the company that makes those drugs, Novo Nordisk. Companies based in Denmark, but just bought a big manufacturing site in New Jersey, 100 plus acres in North Carolina, another huge plant in Indiana, one in Italy, another in Belgium. This is not normal, guys. This is the kind of expansion you can do only if you've created the airplane or the iPhone or the next wonder truck. Novo Nordisk is reshaping the Danish economy. It's bigger than the country's entire gross domestic product. And today on Today Explained, we'll hear an argument that it could reshape the American economy, too. Support for Che Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Oh, hey, it's Today Explained. I'm Noel King. For a long time, Denmark's biggest company was shipping giant and recent Red Sea wilding victim Maersk. And if you feel like one day you were just hearing about Ozempic everywhere, same, same for Michael Tukier, who covers economics for the Danish newspaper Politiken. It came about very quickly, I think. And I think most people have that impression that suddenly it was um, all over on top of every conversation, especially in, in, in Denmark. Did it permeate the pop culture there? I think it did, but but I think that, that came from the U.S., actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jolo, you look thin. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Ozempi? Yep. Oh, are you? <laughs> when I look around this room, I can't help but wonder, is Ozempic right for me? Plus, if you tell your family you're on Ozempic, they'll know you were lying when you said you lost the weight the old-fashioned way. Cocaine. Elon Musk was tweeting about that he was on uh, Wegovi. Obviously, we get a lot of pop culture from America, so um, we got it that way. Let me say it to that. Okay, so you guys export the groundbreaking medication and the United States exports the culture trash. Tell me about the company that makes Ozempic and Wegovi. Novo Nordisk is worth about $530 billion at the moment. Totally staggering numbers. It's uh, in the top 20 uh, most valuable 
companies in the world right now. Novo Nordisk is Europe's most valuable company. It takes the top spot away from luxury goods giant LVMH, which sells Louis Vuitton handbags and Hennessy cognac. And for a small country like Denmark, that is a, like a huge thing and something that I don't think any economist or analyst would have expected just like five years ago. Novo's market capitalization has surged from about $100 billion in 2020 to a high of $461 billion earlier this month, bigger than Denmark's entire GDP. Novo Nordisk has more than doubled its market value for in, in the last three years. Wow. So it was, it was, wow. It was, a, big, it was a big company in, in Danish terms, but it was nowhere near the top of the world uh, when we look at market value. What does Denmark's economy look like in this height of Ozempic kind of age? A good way to, just, to describe that is just to referring to an interview I did with a um, top analyst in the, the Danish National Bank uh, a few months ago. He said that basically if it wasn't for Denmark's pharmaceutical industry, and by that he really means Novo Nordisk, uh, because they are by far the biggest, the, the Danish economy wouldn't have seen any growth last year. If you strip out the pharmaceutical sector, which is now dominated by Novo, the Danish economy actually shrank by 0.3%. We have seen countries close to us in Europe um, where the economy has not looked great at all the, for the last year or so. Um, so it makes a huge difference for Danish economy um, at the moment. And, you know, on top of that, Novo Nordisk is by far the largest taxpayer in this country. And it also is contributing a lot to Danish education, to Danish science. So it plays a huge role in the Danish economy these, these years. Do you see those changes? Do the average Dane feel that the country is becoming richer? Maybe they don't, but they can see that in certain parts of the country where Novo Nordisk has its largest activity, um, Novo Nordisk is completely reshaping these parts of uh, the country. I myself grew up in, in a quite small town where Novo Nordisk has its largest factory. And they have invested hundreds of millions of dollars into that uh, small town for the last couple of years. When I go back to visit my mom who lives in Kelombo, when you drive into the city now, there is like huge factories. Located just one hour drive from the capital city of Copenhagen, you will find the industrial cluster of Kalambor, home to the world's largest insulin manufacturing plant, where Nova Nordisk employ around 3,500 staff. For a lot of years where you would see young people, when they've gone to, to high school or gone to college, they would move away from the city. Uh, there have really been not many reasons for them to return. I think that has changed a lot. When you get closer to the city, you can see buildings, you can see huge cranes, uh, a lot of trucks are driving past you. When you go there in the afternoon, a lot of cars are there, people are commuting to uh, Kelombo. And that is a huge difference from, from what you saw before. There are so many jobs already for engineers. That's, that's the, the good part about having the education here in Kalamba, is because we have all these companies. So we are surrounded, so it's so easy to get a job afterwards. This is, um, has become a city that is um, thriving. People are suddenly speaking English at the bakery and um, and they are demanding, you know, like international schools and even in, in the suburbs. So it has brought uh, about a lot of change.
do you know the concept of resource curse? Um, let me in on that. That is when an economy becomes over it becomes over dependent on one thing. So you will see this in the Middle East with okay. a country that only has Absolutely. oil. Yeah. Um, does anyone ever say, what if we become too dependent on Wagovi and Ozempic? What if we're an Ozempic economy in 10 years and then bop, bop, bop? Some economists stress that there is a risk to countries who is significantly dependent on just one or a few companies. And one example of that is um, a country very close to us is Finland, who in the 2000, the early 2000s, heavily dependent on their biggest company at the time, uh, Nokia, the cell phone manufacturer, as I'm sure you know. But um, when Apple and other producers overtook Nokia um, in the late 2000s, the Finnish economy stagnated for almost 10 years. Most economists does not consider this as, an very, as a very imminent threat to uh, Novo Nordisk, but more as a thing worth thinking about. F- and the reason for Novo Nordisk and Danish businesses to stay front runners on pharmaceutical issues, but also other high technology uh, businesses. This has me wondering about your predictions for this drug, because um, so many people want it, and so many people could be helped by it. It seems to me that there is no end to just how big Wagovi and Ozempic could be. What are your predictions for what this might mean in in five years, in 10 years for your country's economy and for its people? The market for weight loss drugs, uh, if you ask most analysts, is, you know, like huge. The market potential is, uh, I would say, almost unlimited. And uh, the demand outlook is incredible. And uh, the biggest problem right now for Novo Nordisk is producing enough. They cannot uh, meet demand. It's quite difficult to get your hand, head around what would this mean for Danish economy? What do, how, how large can Novo Nordisk become? But also, what, what do these drugs mean for our perception of what obesity is? Would, would we at some point get, where, get to where Almost everyone is taking some kind of uh, medication to control your weight. And who's going to be selling that? Is that Novo Nordisk? It might be. Michael Tukier of Politiken newspaper in Denmark. Coming up, a man who says Ozempi could prove to be a bigger economic driver than artificial intelligence. And yes, he's serious. Support for Today Explained comes from How I Built This, which comes from Wondery. Behind every successful business is a story. Some of them are, in fact, kind of surprising. On the podcast How I Built This, host Guy Raz talks to founders behind the world's biggest companies to figure out how they did what they did. For example, Shobani's first yogurt factory, you won't believe where it was discovered. And the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. It does. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt, failure, clarity, overcoming setbacks, 
How I Built This is all about innovation and creativity from some of the biggest names in the business. You can follow How I Built This wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. And for more business content such as this, you can listen on Wondery. With shows like How I Built This, Business Wars, and many more, Wondery means business. Support for the show comes from Shopify today. Shopify is, of course, the global commerce platform flexible enough to help your business sell at every stage of growth. You know that friend of yours who's like on that next level yoga, who's like doing backflips? That's like Shopify when it comes to helping your business sell at every stage of growth. No matter what you're making, Shopify can help you turn browsers into buyers and sell your products everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point of sale system. Shopify offers the flexibility to support your operation. And right now they're offering Shopify Magic, an AI-powered helper created to give you a little boost and help you stress less and sell more. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash explained. Go to shopify.com slash explained now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash explained. Support for Today Explained comes from Indeed. Searching for a new person to join your team can take a lot of time without the right tools, and Indeed agrees that's a pain. They're all about matching you with the perfect candidate. Indeed's matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. And according to Indeed, it's constantly learning from your preferences to get more accurate over time. Indeed also says they can help you streamline some of the busy work of hiring, scheduling, screening, messaging. According to Indeed data, they have over 350 million global monthly visitors. They also did a recent survey that showed 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Listeners of Today Explained can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Today Explained. You can go to Indeed.com slash Today Explained and tell them you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Today Explained, which will let them know you heard about Indeed on Today Explained. Indeed.com slash Today Explained. Terms and conditions do apply. If you need to hire, says Indeed, you need Indeed. Ozempi? It's Today Explained. We're back. People taking these GLP-1 agonists, they're called, like Ozempi, they eat less than they did before taking the drugs. Some people also say they drink less, they shop less, they don't want to smoke anymore. Now, a notable thing about a consumer economy such as ours is that it does require people to consume. And so some companies have experienced a bit of a freakout. Josh Barrow, who writes the very serious Substack, has been covering this. I write mostly about politics and the economy. And so obviously that's extremely broad and can encompass, uh, you know, almost everything as part of the economy. And then I also write about interesting industries, especially that may have larger economic effects. And I think that's where Ozempic comes in. Okay, so last summer I saw you tweeted, 10 years from now, it'll be obvious GLP-1 drugs were a way bigger deal than AI. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying Ozempic is going to be a bigger deal than JAT, GTP, GPT, and the end of the world and everything. Um, That's a major thing to say. Can you make the case? Well, sure. So first of all, I think 
AI and software more broadly have generally been oversold in terms of their economic effects. Um, and I think that uh, GLP-1 drugs are a really important advance uh, because being overweight is so common. A, a majority of U.S. adults are overweight. And so I think this, these are drugs that are ultimately, uh, they're going to be appropriate for more than half of American adults. And I think people are going to have good results from them. And in the long run, they're not going to be prohibitively expensive and difficult to obtain like they have been in the last few years. So I think that it's going to be really widely used medical intervention that is going to have a lot of positive effects for people. And so for someone who says, who's listening to this and says, yeah, that's actually really great. Like half of all people potentially could get this drug. Make the case that this is a big deal for the economy, for for people whom that might slide past. Well, so I think it's in, in, a, in a few ways. One is that being overweight uh, and especially being obese, is a significant medical risk factor. Um, and that has costs. It has costs in terms of, of medical care that people need because of conditions that are related to that, whether that's heart disease or diabetes or even joint problems. Um, and then it also causes an increase in risk of disability. Um, and that, uh, you know, that obviously is a, a human problem, but it's also an economic problem. It means that people can't work in the way that they once did, um, either that they, you know, they can't work as many hours or they can't work as long into their lives. Lives. And so because I think it will reduce the disability rate, I think that, that will show up in productivity. Um, and then it's also going to change the way people consume. There's been this sort of weird fixation in a lot of the press coverage on things that people might consume less of. Well, switching gears here, Walmart seeing a slight pullback of shoppers. The company's U.S. CEO has told Bloomberg that they're seeing an impact on shopping demand from people taking the diabetes drugs, Ozempic. Um, and, th and that might be true on some micro levels, and there are specific businesses that you might be in where this, this drug is probably bad for you. But the thing is that people, if, you know, if they're not going out and spending their money on Doritos, they still have that money. And in fact, maybe they have a little bit more money because they're a little bit more productive. Um, and then they can go out and find other new things to spend that money on. And so basically, if you're not in an industry uh, that has specifically negative effects on consumption demand from Ozempic, you should tend to be thinking of that as an industry where there will be positive effects. People will have more money around, more time around to spend on, on your product. Weight loss is a huge source of frustration for people. Um, it is you know, widely desired. People who are overweight, you know, they, they want to lose weight, but most things don't work well. Lose 10 pounds and 5 inches overall in your first month. You won't just lose your weight. I lost 26 pounds and I have eaten bread every single day. People bang their heads against the wall and they end up feeling bad about themselves. Um, and they spend tremendous amounts of time and money uh, on things that in, a, in an often futile pursuit uh, of weight loss. And if you instead have this intervention that works quite well uh, and requires much less effort on the part of the, the consumer, that frees up time and money again to go spend on, on other things. Okay, so business and Wall Street are paying attention to Ozempic. Business and Wall Street are not the same thing, but I want you to mm -hmm. kind of untangle those two for us. What has that looked like so far? Um, is it entirely hand-wringing? Who's looking at the optimistic side of this and saying, oh, guys, all this money could be good? Yeah, well, I mean, so obviously the, the, the first answer is the drug companies that make these drugs, um, that they, you know, this is a, a tremendous business for them. Um, and we're just seeing, you know, a small part of the addressable market here. And of course, it's, you know, weight loss is one of the major indications for these. They're also, the, they, they're diabetes treatments, and there's, you know, diabetes is a tremendous problem, and that is also a huge market. 
Um, and so, you know, you, you see Novo Nordisk, Eli Lilly, potentially Pfizer, which has a drug in the pipeline. You know, they're going to make a lot of money off this. Um, and the, the prices that people are seeing right now are eye-watering. List prices over $1,000 a month. The effective pricing for Wagovi seems to have come down this year. Uh, Zepbound, which is the uh, Eli Lilly competitor to Wagovi, uh, that's going to be pricing at, a, at approximately 550 a month for people whose insurance is not paying for it. And so, you know, if the Pfizer drug comes onto the market and as Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk ramp up production, I think there will be price competition that pushes those prices down somewhat farther, but the market's very big. So those drug companies are obviously going to make a lot of money from that. Um, I mentioned the junk food thing. You also see, you know, Wall Street analysts have been interested in asking questions about this on earnings calls. You know, I'm wondering your perspective on on the GLP-1, you know, drugs and the impact on, on restaurant demand, maybe Darden's restaurant demand. I'm not going to ask your average um, BMI uh, for your customers, but um, <laughs> um, any perspective? I know it's something that's on investors' minds, so I, I figured I'd ask. There was a discussion that United Airlines might save millions of dollars a year uh, because of passengers being lighter and therefore taking less fuel to carry them. One study done by the Jefferies Financial Group found that if the average airline passenger lost 10 pounds, it could dramatically impact how much fuel planes need to fly, equating to $80 million in savings in annual fuel costs per airline. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's sort of an interesting fact that you'll have, uh, you know, millions of dollars in fuel savings a year, but it's not that large relative to the overall cost of, of running an airline. Um, I think part of the reason that you've had this fixation on the negative uh, e- economic effects is that it's, it's very easy to identify, you know, Doritos and products like that where you'll have the decline in consumption. And basically, you're likely to see the increase in, in basically every other category. So it's not necessarily going to be a large increase. You're not going to look at the income statement of a company and say, these profits were due to Ozempic. But you should see a, a broad-based improvement in the areas where people are going and spending their time and their money that they used to spend on other things uh, on those. Just this morning, I was reading a story in Fortune Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CEO of Novo Nordisk says that scared CEOs are calling him to like just discuss. <laughs> and he didn't he wouldn't tell Fortune who it was. Right. And so they speculate that it's a lot of like potentially fast food companies, um basically companies that deal with what we put in our mouths. Right. But like what you're saying sounds so sensible to me and I try hard to think of CEOs as sensible people who like game things out. Right. Why do you think they seem so shook? Well, I think first of all, it's it's uncertainty, um, and mm. you know, people they 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 know their business. They have a, a view on their customers. Their customers are about to change in some way. I mean, I don't know what it's like to run a fine dining restaurant in New York right now, where because you know the, the market penetration for these drugs is not that high yet. But if you have you know certain settings with you know especially affluent customers who might be who might be trendsetters in certain areas, you might be seeing a lot of your customer base on this. Are they sending back way more food than they used to um, on their plates uneaten? So I'm sure the, I'm sure you're starting to see some industries uh, where you're actually starting to see critical mass with customers, and the customers are different. And even if in the long run it's going to be an opportunity, they have to figure out how. To capitalize on that opportunity, and that's challenging. Um, there's also a specific matter in the United States, which is that employers pay for healthcare expenses. Right now, the drugs are very expensive, um, and they're sometimes being covered by insurance, even though they're very often not being covered by insurance. And that's a really large expenditure for whoever is the payer. 
Um, and so that could be a, a private company if you have someone with, with private health insurance. Um, in the long run, this is also going to be an issue for the U.S. government and therefore for taxpayers. There's currently a law that says that Medicare is not allowed to pay for weight loss drugs. Um, but I certainly expect there to be significant political pressure around that because there are lots of people on Medicare for whom these drugs would be very appropriate for weight loss. Um, and so when that pressure is brought to bear, at some point, Medicare is going to be paying some price for that, and that's going to fall on taxpayers. Um, and so there is, you know, it, especially in that transition before the prices have come down as far as they will, um, and before we're fully feeling those positive economic effects, you know, someone is going to be paying those costs that are accruing to Novo Nordisk and to Eli Lilly uh, as profits. And that's, that, that's a negative factor for, for people who might be payers, which obviously includes corporations. Josh, you yourself are taking Wagovi. Um, tell me about what your experience has been like. I've been on it for uh, about five months now. I've lost 24 pounds, and it's been, it's been great. It's really changed my relationship to food. The, the amazing thing to me is not that I've lost the weight, but how easy it has been for me to lose the weight. Um, it causes you to just simply desire food less. Um, I still enjoy food. Food is something that's very interesting to me, and it's still interesting to me. Um, but if you put a plate of it in front of me, I can be like, oh, that's that's fantastic, and I eat a few bites, and then once I'm not hungry anymore, I stop. And that was always the thing that was so difficult for me. I was always really cynical about these, like, food influencers with six-pack abs. And I'd see people, like, they, they bake these these decadent cakes and then they you know they don't look like they've ever eaten a cake in their life and i always thought this this was basically fake and now i now i can understand what it must be like inside their brains cuz they can they can make this cake and they can have a small slice of the cake and then they've had enough um, and that it really is possible to be wired like that um, and now it seems like with this drug that i am wired like that and i'm really happy about it has wagovi meant anything for your personal economy the way you spend money invest money at least my personal experience is I spend a lot of time thinking about my weight and I spend a lot of money um, and, a lot of, and, and a lot of effort, you know, on exercise and, you know, trying to focus on a diet and that sort of thing. And being relieved of that just, you know, sort of gives me more bandwidth to spend on other things. I think that's one of the most exciting parts of this and one of the effects that, that isn't getting as much attention initially. Um, so I think that's a, that's a positive effect for me. I wasn't a compulsive shopper. Um, that's another thing that's been showing up as a discussion of, oh, this is going to be bad for retailers because there won't be compulsive shopping. Again, those those people, they still have that money. Uh, if they're still working, they're going to want to consume on something, maybe something that makes them happier than whatever they would have impulse bought. But ultimately, I think, you know, our economy works better if people are making considered spending decisions on things that will actually make them happy. So if that's another shift that the drug is, is causing at the margin, I think that's that's likely to be to be good for individuals and, and should even show up as a, as a better functioning economy overall. Josh Barrow, he writes the very serious Substack. A year or so into the Ozempic revolution, there's now a truth universally acknowledged that some people with larger bodies don't want to lose weight. They don't care for BS peer pressure. They like the skin they're in. What they would like is a world that doesn't penalize them for being fat. We're going to explore that Monday on Today Explained. Today's show was produced by Victoria Chamberlain and edited by Jolie Myers. It was fact-checked by Kim Eggleston and engineered by Rob Byers. Thank you to economist Matthias dalrock Schrail. I'm Noelle King. It's Today Explained.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.